It was then that I realized something terrible, something absolutely frightening. Gary Tennyson. I suddenly realized he was probably doing the exact same thing I was doing right now. He was probably looking through the yearbook too. He was weird, but he wasn't kind of a guy who liked cleaning up the puke either. And if you had seen his mother, you'd know that his choice was even worse than mine. What if he asked Jamie first? Jamie wouldn't say no to him. And realistically, she was the only option he had. No one besides her would got dead with him. Jamie helped everyone. She was one of those equal opportunity saints. She'd probably listen to Carrie's squeaky voice, see the goodness radiating from his heart, and accept right off the bat. So, there I was, sitting in my room, frantic with the possibility that Jamie might not go to the dance with me. I barely slept that night, I tell you, which was just about the strangest thing I'd ever experienced. I don't think anyone ever fretted about asking Jamie out before. I planned to ask her first thing in the morning, while I still had my courage, but Jamie wasn't in school. I assumed she was working with the orphans over in Moorhead City, the way she did every month. A few of us had tried to get out of school using that excuse too, but Jamie was the only one who ever got away with it. The principal knew she was reading to them or doing crafts, or just sitting around playing games with them. She wasn't sneaking out to the beach or hanging out at Cecil's dinner or anything. That concept was absolutely nutricious. Got a date yet? Eric asked me in between classes. He knew very well that I didn't. But even though he was my best friend, he liked to stick it with me once in a while. Not yet, I said. But I'm working on it. Down the hall, Kerry Denison was reaching into his locker. I swear he shot me a bleedy care when he thought I wasn't looking. That, that is the kind of day it was. The minutes ticked by slowly during my final class. The way I figured out, if Carrie and I got out at the same time, I'd be able to get to her house first. What with those cockilicks and all. I started to psych up myself. And when the bell rang, I took off from the school running at a full clip. I was flying for about a hundred yards or so and then I started to get kind of tired and then a cramp sat in. Pretty soon all I could do was walk. But that cramp really started to get to me and I had to bend over and hold my side while I kept moving. As I made my way down the streets of Buffalo, I looked like a wheezing version of the hunchback of Notre Dame. Behind me, I thought I heard Carrie's high-pitched laughter. I turned around, taking my fingers into my gut to stifle the pain, but I couldn't see him. Maybe he was cutting through someone's backyard. He was sneaky bastard, that guy. You couldn't trust him even for a minute. I started to stumble along even faster, and pretty soon, I reached Jamie Street. By then, I was sweating all over my shirt, was soaked right through, and I was still wheezing something fierce. Well, I reached the front door, took a second to catch my breath, and finally knocked. Despite my fever rush to her house, my pessimistic side assumed that Carrie would have been the one who opened the door for me. I imagined him smiling at me with a victorious look in his eye. One that essentially meant, sorry partner, you're too late. But it wasn't Carrie who answered, it was Jamie. And for the first time in my life, 
I saw what she'd look like if she were an ordinary person. She was wearing jeans and a red blouse, and through her, hair was still pulled up into a bun. She looked more casual than she usually did. I realized she could actually be cute if she gave herself the opportunity. Landon, she said, as she held the door open. This is a surprise. Jamie was always glad to see everyone, including me. Though, I think my appearance startled her. You look like you've been exercising, she said. Not really. I lied, wiping my bro. Luckily, the cramp was fading fast. Your sweat leaned through your shirt. Oh, that. I looked at my shirt. That's nothing. I just sweat a lot sometimes. Maybe I should have just checked it by a doctor. I'll be okay, I'm sure. I'll say a prayer for you anyway, she offered as she smiled. Jamie was always praying for someone. I might as well join the club. Thanks, I said. She looked down and sort of shuffled her feet for a moment. Well, I'd invite you in, but my father isn't home, and he does not allow a boy in the house when he's not around. Oh, I said dejectedly. That's okay. We can talk out here, I guess. If I had him way, I would have done this inside. Would you like some lemonade while we sit? She asked. I just have made some. I'd love some, I said. I'll be right back. She walked into the house, but she left the door open, and I took a quick glance around. The house, I noticed, was small but tidy, with a piano against one wall and a sofa against the other. A small fan sat oscillating in the corner. On the coffee table, there were these books with names like "Listening to Jesus" and "Faith is the Answer." Her Bible was there too, and it was open to the chapter on Luke. A moment later, Jamie returned with the lemonade, and we took a seat in two chairs near the corner of the porch. I knew she and her father sat there in evenings because I passed by their house now and then. As soon as we were seated, I saw Mrs. Hastings, her neighbor, cross the street, wave to us. Jamie waved back while I sort of scooted my chair to that Mrs. Hastings couldn't see my face. Even though I was going to ask Jamie to dance, I didn't want anyone, even Mrs. Hastings, to see me there on of the chance that she'd already accepted Katie's offer. It was one thing to actually go with Jamie. It was another thing to be rejected by her in favor of a guy like Gary. What are you doing? Jamie asked me. You're moving your chair into the sun. I like the sun, I said. She was right though. Almost immediately I could feel the rays burning through my shirt and making me sweat again. If that is what you want, she said smiling. So what did you want to talk to me about? Jamie reached up and started to adjust her hair. By my reckoning, it hadn't moved at all. I took a deep breath, trying to gather myself, but I couldn't force myself to come out with it just yet. So, I said, instead, you were at the orphanage today? Jamie looked at me curiously. No, my father and I were at the doctor's office. Is he okay? She smiled, healthy as can be. I nodded and glanced across the street. Mrs. Hastings had gone back inside. I couldn't see anyone else in the vicinity. The coast was finally clear, but Ashill was not ready. 
Sure, it's a beautiful day, I said, stalling. Yes, it is. Warm too. That's because you are in the sun. I looked around, feeling the pressure building. Why? I'll bet there is not a single cloud in the whole sky. This time, Jimmy didn't respond and we sat in a silence for a few moments. London, she finally said. You didn't come here to talk about the weather, did you? Not really. Then why are you here? The moment of truth hath arrived and I cleared my throat. Uh, well, I wanted to know if you are going to homecoming dance. Oh, she said. Her tone made it seem as if she was unaware that such a thing existed. I fidgeted in my seat and waited for her to answer. I really hadn't planned on going, she said. But if someone asked you to go, you might. It took a moment for her to answer. Not sure, she said, thinking carefully. I suppose I might go if I got the chance. I've never been to homecoming dance before. They're fun, I said quickly. Not too much fun, but fun. Especially when compared to my other options, I didn't add. She smiled at turn of my phrase. I'd have to talk to my father, of course, but if he said it was okay, then I guess I could. In the tree beside the porch, a bird started to chirp noisily, as if he knew I wasn't supposed to be here. I concentrated on the sound, trying to calm my nerves. Just two days ago, I couldn't have imagined myself even thinking about it. But suddenly, there I was, listening to myself as I spoke those magic words. Well, would you like to go with the dance with me? I could tell she was surprised. I think she believed that the little lead up to the question probably had nothing to do with me. It was to do with someone else. Sometimes teenagers send their friends to scout the terrain, so to speak, so as not to face possible rejection. Even though Jamie wasn't much like other teenagers, I'm sure she was familiar with this concept, at least in the theory. Instead of answering right away, though Jamie glanced away for a long moment, I got a sinking feeling in my stomach because I assumed she was not going to say no. Visions of my mother, Vuke and Carrie flooded through my mind and all of a sudden I regretted the way I had behaved towards her all these years. I kept remembering all the times I teased her or called her father a fornicator or simply made a fun of her behind her back. Just when I was feeling awful about the whole thing and imagining how I would be ever able to avoid Carrie for a few hours. She turned and faced me again. She had a slight smile on her face this time. I'd love to, she finally said, on one condition. I steadied myself, hoping it wasn't something too awful. Uh, yes? You have to promise that you won't fall in love with me.